This is Jennifer Gonzalez welcoming you to episode 103 of the Cult of Pedagogy podcast. In this episode, we're going to look at a stunningly simple approach for having rich, text-based discussions with students, and it's almost entirely student-led. The process is called TQE. So much of the learning we do comes from texts, articles, textbooks, novels, and all kinds of online publications. Sometimes those texts come in less traditional forms. Our use of the word text has broadened over time to include things like films, images, and even diagrams. Regardless of what form they come in, texts make up the bulk of how our students experience learning. But too often, when we assign text to students, we find that they don't experience them with much depth. One reason for that may be that we don't set them up to do that. In many text-based classes, like English, history, or science, the learning cycle often consists of this. One, consuming a section of text. Two, answering teacher-created questions about the text. And three, taking a test after several sections have been completed. For years, high school English teacher Marissa Thompson followed this same programming and got typical results. Some students did the required work, but never seemed particularly invested in the books themselves. Others completed the questions unevenly, sometimes not answering them at all, other times copying work from their peers. And when students didn't do the work, they got calls home and office referrals. As this pattern repeated itself year after year, Thompson became more frustrated. The texts themselves were wonderful, but students weren't experiencing them the way they were meant to be experienced. Instead, they had shallow interactions with them, doing whatever surface work had to be done to get a grade. Finally, she started experimenting with a different approach, and the way she teaches texts now is completely different from the way she used to. Her current approach, which she calls TQE, is similar to Socratic seminar, where students lead a discussion on a given text, but with a few twists. Since implementing this new approach, Thompson has seen her students reading much more than they used to and with much more depth than ever before. They're having college-level conversations about books in class, and for the first time, they seem excited about the books they're reading. On top of that, Thompson's prepping and grading work for these lessons is down to almost nothing. What I love about this method and why I'm sharing it here is that I think it could be applied in a lot of different areas, not just with the study of novels. In any class where students need to read a text in order to learn, something along these lines could be implemented. And I think you'll find that the learning in your classroom gets much richer as a result. So as you listen to our discussion of TQE, think about how you might be able to apply it in your content area. Before I play the interview, I'd like to thank you for the reviews you've left for the podcast on iTunes. If you've been listening and you've never left a review, but you think other people would like the show, take a few minutes to go over to iTunes and leave a review. Thank you so much. Support for today's show comes from 3Doodler. The 3Doodler is really a neat tool. It works just like a 3D printer, except the printing comes out of a pen. With the 3Doodler, students can create, design, and build, transforming abstract concepts into physical models, making those concepts easier to understand. 3Doodler EDU learning packs were designed with teachers, so they truly encompass the needs of classrooms at any grade level. 
with 3D pens, accessories, lesson plans, and more all packed into one kit, you're ready to start learning as soon as you open the box. As a Cult of Pedagogy listener, you can try your first three doodler learning pack with a special 10% discount by visiting cultofpedagogy.com slash three doodler. Support for this episode also comes from PeerGrade. PeerGrade is a platform that makes it easy to facilitate peer review in your classroom. Students review each other's work while PeerGrade takes care of anonymously assigning reviewers and delivering all the relevant insights to teachers. With PeerGrade, students learn to think critically and take ownership of their learning. They also learn to write kind and useful feedback for their peers. PeerGrade is free to use for teachers and students. To learn more, visit cultofpedagogy.com peergrade. The Cult of Pedagogy podcast is part of the Education Podcast Network. The EPN family now includes 25 different podcasts, and each one of them has something to do with education. One of these shows that I think you should check out is the Books Between podcast, where host Karina Allen interviews middle grades book authors and shares a ton of excellent book recommendations for kids ages 8 through 12. If you're always on the lookout for new books to share with your middle grade students, the Books Between podcast is worth checking out. Now here is my conversation with Marissa Thompson about the TQE method. Marissa, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited. I'm a huge fan. Thank you. Well, when we just sort of like ran into each other, this just happened like a week and a half ago or something on Twitter that you posted a a link to a blog post um, where you, it, the blog post itself is called We're Killing Reading, We're Killing the Love of Reading, But Here's an Easy Fix. And yeah. I read it and I loved this approach that you were talking about. And I thought, wow, a lot of other teachers are going to love this too. So Basically, I just wanted you to come on and talk to us about this TQE process that you've been using with your uh, students. So tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, your your current role in education and what you do right now. Uh, okay, so I have been in education for 12 years now. I'm going into my 13th year in teaching. Um, I'm high school English language arts, and I've taught everything that we offer from English support to ELL classes um, and all the way up to AP. Uh, I haven't taught seniors yet. We've got some really awesome senior teachers and they've got a nice grip on the senior class and they're perfect for it. So I can't give them a hard time on that. But uh, I've been in the classroom and I absolutely love it now. Um, And then I'm a professional development instructor for University of San Diego. And that is a blast. Mm -hmm. I get to meet a lot of educators from all over the country and some out of the country, which is super fun too. I get to see what everyone's doing. And then just last year, I started presenting at conferences to kind of share what's been working for me. And then that started really the conversations going with other educators who were wanting to try something new. And we we have all these really great, you know, aphorisms, these quotes about you know, students should own their learning and Hmm. empower students. And it's like, well, that's great. But how in the heck do we do that? So I'm like, thanks for the, you're right. I agree. But (laughs) I I need the tips on how that looks in the classroom um, when I've got 40 people looking at me, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, so I started blogging a month ago and that has been a really great way to get that information out there, get the materials out there and provide the how to's. Cause I love the quotes, but I, I need to share what I've seen work so that we can empower students and we can 
let the students own their learning, but we, we have to deal with the how, the nitty gritty. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man, I'm right there with you. Yeah, it all sounds good, but how do you actually do it? And that's and you're gonna be sharing that with us today. This is uh, a problem that you were noticing in your English classes and you kind of came up with this different way basically of teaching literature, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, and it, it started pretty slowly, but then it started to pick up steam and I'm, I'll never go back to what okay, I was so, doing. So tell us a little bit about the, the problems you were seeing before you decided to make the shift. What was going on before this? Well, I think it's a really common experience, especially for English language arts teachers, right? You, you send the students home, you, maybe you get them started on chapter one, and then, hey, guys, I need you to go home and read um, chapter two. Come on back, and we'll talk about it. And here's your list of questions. You're going to have a reading quiz. Um, and then I realized I wasn't really assessing their reading with homework and with quizzes. I was assessing whether or not they did their homework questions. Um, mm. And then that led to all sorts of problems. It made reading seem like a hassle. Um, yeah. It made students feel like, well, I, I guess I have to do this because I have to complete these questions. Started getting a bunch of cheating. Like one year I had 10 kids copy off each other. Uh. Um, and yeah, and I, it turned this amazing story, right? This beautiful novel that everybody should read and enjoy and love and take in into a discipline problem. Yeah. Um, and, that's not encouraging. I, I don't want to come into a class and, you know, you have to read this book. And it's like, well, I should be inspired to read this book. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't like that. Um, and I just really didn't like, you know, having these gorgeous discussions, these really meaningful discussions with my students about how we treat each other and the way we see people and, um, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird has such an impact on so many of my kids and Fahrenheit 451 and looking at technology and do we have anything going on really with our souls and what, what do you think and are you thinking and the beauty of thought, all these things. And then I'm going to kind of just dwindle it down to a multiple choice test. Mm -hmm. like Bradbury would freak out. You know? <laughs> so I, I just was not, I definitely wasn't satisfied. And then I when I started looking at my questions, I realized that I was doing all of the thinking. I was like taking their head and pointing it to a part in the book. Like, look at this character or look at this part. Instead of having them practice those skills of well, what did you see? You know, yeah. let's approach it a different way. Um, and then as soon as I did, the students started seeing a lot more relevance. They started caring and the reading kind of increased. So, we started having fun, which yeah. is, they're great books. They should be fun to discuss. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So then, yeah. so, so what did you, what did you change? And I know that this has been kind of an iterative process that you've developed it over time, but um, just take us back to this, the sort of first change that you made. Well, I think the first time that I started playing with it, um, it wasn't successful, so, you know, I'm sure that we'll get a second to talk about that. But um, instead of going with reading questions, I started to really pay attention to who was doing the talking, what kind of questions did they have? Because if you can ask a really detailed question, something that's really insightful, you read the book. Just because you yeah. don't have the answer, right? you know. 
Uh-huh. Um, if you can ask a great question, I know you've read the book and I know you're reading at grade level because that's all that it says, right? Is to mm-hmm. be able to read at grade level, the yep. standard, yep. read at grade level and be able to analyze author's purpose, character motivation. You can do that with a question. Right. Um, so I took the things they carried, which is an amazing novel. Yeah. Um, and it took forever for us to get it into the classroom. Hmm. And so one of the first years that I got to teach it, um, it was the end of the year. I already knew my kids. We, they had tried some project-based learning things with me, and I had them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so they trusted me, and I said, look, we're going to read this book, and we're just going to read it and talk about it. And I, I really think that they didn't believe me. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not going to have study questions. You're not going to have any reading quizzes. But I'm going to know if you read or not. I'm going to know. Yeah. Um, but we're going to come in. You're going to have kind of a Socratic seminar style discussion. It'll probably take a little while. We'll have some growing pains there. But it was awesome. And I, I started to have these kids who usually were kind of in the back, shied away from anything, really. And... Uh, they were emerging, you know, as yeah. leaders, as like reading leaders. And I'm like, man, I think I'm really onto something here. Um, yeah, they, I told them, you will be assessed on your participation in these discussions. And of course, we had some students where that was not going to be comfortable. So we had some alternatives there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had students who started reading more than they were assigned and they were finishing the book early or. Um, I had used pieces from the novel and they were reading the other pieces as well. And can we talk about this chapter? I'm like, well, I didn't sign that chapter, but, mm-hmm. and then you'll hear a couple kids like, well, I read it. What do you want to know? You know? Yeah. 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 So it was exciting. It was fun. So that first yeah. version of it was just, we're going to read the things they carried. We're going to come to class and talk about it. And your That's grade it. is basically based on my perception of whether or not you read the book based on how you participate. Yes. Yeah. And if they, if they are not super comfortable with participating in this way, we did have some alternatives set up for them. Okay. Like yeah. what do those look like? So I said, Hey, if I'm wrong, you know, cause that happens. Mm-hmm. If I'm wrong with your score and you're like, no, I read that book and I gave you an eight out of 10, mm-hmm. then we need to come up with some sort of alternative. So they were used to taking annotations you know, Mm -hmm. taking notes on their thoughts while they read, like you can show me those, Mm -hmm. you can sit down and have a conversation just Mm one-on-one, um, or you can take a test. So if you got an eight out of 10, you're like, no, I want the 10 out of 10. I have a multiple choice test on the book. Yeah. You know, I I ditched it, but you can, if you want to take it, go ahead. And I did have a lot of students who had a B for their assessment and they're like, no, I want the A. Yeah. Great. Um, and they took the, they took the test and then, uh, it was cute because they were like, yeah, I didn't really read all of it, you know? (laughs) So my, my assessment was about, um, on average about three or 4% higher than what they were normally getting on their tests. Okay. Um, and then my other students who, you know, they got a six out of 10 or a five out of 10, they failed the test. They didn't read. If they had read, they would have been inspired to say something. Right, right, right. Okay, so yeah. so it was really accurate. Yeah, that's gosh, that's fantastic. So it, so the earliest version of this, the discussion, you said they were it was a, a Socratic seminar, and and did you have just the one conversation with them? Because we're still sort of working our way toward the system that you have now. 
Um, Correct. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So uh, we would have about a half hour, 40 minute discussion. Uh -huh. um, I'm on a block schedule. Okay. So I, I get a nice. lot of time mm -hmm. in one sitting. Um, so we would have a good 30 minute discussion and that was it. And once I saw that they could have these types of conversations without much guidance from me, mm -hmm. um, then they were, I knew that I could do something. Okay. You know? Yes. You knew that it would work, like basically to have these discussions. And were, did you have any kind of a rubric or anything? Or you just basically said, show up having read the book and I'm going to know. <laughs> show up having, yeah, show up having read the book. I'm going to know. Okay. So I just, I had like a, a little chart mm -hmm. and I just crossed out, you know, this kid read. I know he did. Yeah. This kid read. I know she did. Right. And that was, that was it because the standard says be able to read and analyze at grade level. Okay. And if they're doing that, I mean, yeah, cross their name off, okay. move on. You know? So then what did you end up changing? What's What has changed now from then to now? Because we've got this acronym TQE that we're eventually getting to that, that is what you're using now. Right. So I read a Grant Wiggins article and it, there were all these wonderful suggestions and I've used actually a couple of them. Um, but this one talked about having students... Uh, start the class with questions and they write in on the board and then we address those questions. And so I adapted kind of those Socratic seminars to happen in small groups to make the um, more reserved student feel a lot more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then I also wanted to take care of just those plot questions that don't need to be discussed in a group of 40. Yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. if it's in the small group, uh, you know, it's always something like, did that guy die? you know, yeah, and yeah, yeah. no, he's, he's still with us. So, uh, they have the small group discussion and then they take their top two and I couldn't come up with what it was that I wanted. And finally it was like your thought, you know, whatever your thought is, the best thought out of this group discussion mm -hmm. or a lingering question, a question that the group could not answer Mm -hmm. a lingering question or some sort of an epiphany and you got to teach the word epiphany right which is a great word to know <laughs> it is and yeah. uh it got a little wordy so then we started calling them tqes so okay. they put the tqes on the board and then i discuss those things i kind of lead the discussion okay uh, based on like kind of their what they've mined for you know those golden nuggets mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, okay, so I'm going to sort of summarize it back to you to make sure I understand. So they, they come in. This is sort of the due date, basically, of the of the book. Or, or is, this a, is this just a section of the book that you're working on at this point? It's a section of the book. We do this almost every day. Okay. Okay. So they come in for this section. Maybe it's a couple of chapters or something. And then they get into small groups first. And in the group, they... Uh, they can talk about whatever they want, or do you have questions for them or whatever? Or they're, they're just basically coming up with their TQEs there. In the beginning, I have question stems for them. Okay. And that's where I started to struggle in the beginning, where we weren't having the quality that we wanted. My question stems were awful. Uh-huh. Okay. Or not awful, they, pardon me. They weren't as productive. They weren't as um, insightful. They weren't producing those TQEs. Um, everything was was plot focused or I liked this part. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that's yeah. Um And so I realized that it was actually my question stems that were getting them there. So I changed my question stems and I have those posted on the, on the board for the first, I don't know, month uh -huh. or so. 
and then we don't need them. Is this, I'm looking right now at your blog post at this turquoise image where it's got the start here questions on the left and then the other, is that yeah. what this is? It's sort of like the really... That's exactly... Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So I, and I always see these wonderful, you know, units that, that teachers are coming up with that have book talks and it's what part interests you and what part did you like? And those are great questions to start a discussion, but that's not my end goal, right? I need the students to analyze author's purpose and character motivation and why did they use that device and how does that support the theme and what do you think about all this and how does it relate mm -hmm. to your life? So uh, you've got there, yeah, on the left, those are the questions that really do not get me what I need, mm -hmm. but it might be the right question to get people talking. Yeah. You know what I love about this too, is that it sort of shows them where they are and it gives them something to reach for. You know, if they see the stuff on the left and say, all right, I get those questions and that's the kind of stuff we talked about. Let me look at what the advanced version of, <laughs> of that is, which is, right. I think it really helps them to, to stretch. Right, that's a good point. I, and they do, and it takes time. And that's also um, it's explicitly done on the board. So if they do put something on there that is not at the quality or as thought-provoking as we need it to be for the class to discuss, we'll edit it together, the 40 of us. This is oh, a great wow. point in the novel, and we should talk about it, but how would we change this information so it becomes a writing lesson? Yeah in terms of actually how to structure the question itself. Right. And so at one point I started walking around because I realized what we need is to, especially for ELA, include the author's name. So we started going yeah. around, I want you to say Steinbeck five times, Steinbeck, Steinbeck. <laughs> you know, I, I don't care. I mean, I do care. I love Lenny and George. I love Lenny. I'm so sorry that he's not with us anymore. Yeah. But he's totally fictional. So when you start asking questions like, why did George do that? George yeah. doesn't exist. Why did Steinbeck have George do that? Oh, yeah. And what theme is Steinbeck trying to convey to the rest of us by having his character do that? So it's not about the character. Mm -hmm. So it's almost, a, it's almost poorly written in the standard. It's not about the character's motivation. It's the author's purpose in providing that motivation for the character. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. You're teaching them how to have conversations about books. And, and that's the thing is that like, I think sometimes as teachers, we expect kids to just know this, but if they haven't sat in like a college literature class, when would they ever right. hear these conversations? Unless they happen to have been right. born to like parents who sit around and talk about books like intellectuals all the time, which is, you know, not something every kid has. And if we really want to push all of our kids to be able to do that, we have to give them those tools. Well, and that's exactly what I tell them. I go, this, what we just did, that was a collegiate yeah. literature course, what we just did right now. That was amazing. You could walk into a college course and have this discussion about Gatsby or have this discussion about Fahrenheit or, you know, it. it's so much fun. And you can see that they're enjoying it. Well, and I remember one of the things that you've got some somewhere in this blog post that you said that some of your kids who hadn't even been real readers for the whole year said to you that this made them feel smart. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of their kind of their epiphanies, a lot of their reflections on this process really supported everything that I was going for besides just the standards and the content. I wanted them to feel that they are smart. When they walk in without their homework, they feel bad. Mm. And it has nothing to do with 
the reading itself or whether or not they can read, their grades are plummeting. And I've never liked English. And I'm using my air quotes. Mm. You can't see me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never liked English. I'm bad in English. Is it? Or is it just that you aren't doing your homework? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they got to come in and they have read the book. And then as soon as you start this process, the, the peer pressure of, you know, everyone's discussing this book, that becomes cool. Yeah. You know, to have an idea, to have an opinion. So the kid comes in, the student comes in, and all of a sudden it's, wait, I read that part and I I think this. Mm. Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about empowering a student, you just turn that student into a part of the classroom community. Yeah, yeah. So they come into the room. They they get into their small groups and come up with their TQEs. And then you now have the whole class where it's basically each group has contributed some TQEs. And then as a class, you just start talking about those things. Yeah. It's really, really simple. And the amount of planning is nil. Right. I mean, it's, I'm not, I'm not creating, I'm not copying, I'm not collecting. I don't need to waste my time. I'm, I am only focused on this. So the kids even come in going, oh my gosh, (laughs) because I I, I purposely end on cliffhangers, right? Yeah. Um, I can't believe he did that. And I'm like, it's okay. Sit down, (laughs) you know, sit down and and you guys talk about it. We'll talk about it in about 15 minutes, you know. Right, right. And so who is actually, first of all, I want to make sure that I highlight and underline what you said about not copying, not planning, like, that is that is fantastic because I don't know of another type of teacher outside of maybe the special ed teachers who has more paperwork and stuff to do than English teachers. And it's ridiculous because we've already got these great books. And so the fact that, um, I don't know, I, I just think teachers are just going to be saying hallelujah over this. Right? But it's not even, not copying, not prepping, not, and, and you're prepping. I read the book. To, right. I'm on year 13. I've read these books more times than are, you know, should be allowed. But I, I know these books, but I still read the night before because the kids start picking up information that is so, so small, yeah. so detailed that I have to know what they're talking mm-hmm. about. So my prep is reading before bed every night. How, How nice. That? That's awesome. You know? Yeah. It's great. And it's, they're great books, but I, I don't have to grade. Right. You know, I don't have to grade those things. Right. So it, it is a time saver beyond everything. And now I have energy to have these discussions. Uh-huh. You know? And so, and, and let, let's get into the issue real quickly of grading. So you are, I'm guessing you're, you're sitting there during this conversation with some sort of a clipboard or an iPad or something where you're marking off names as they participate or how is it that they're actually, because I know everybody wants to know about the grading. Yeah, I should do that. That's a really good idea, Jen. I should do that. Um, I don't do that. I At the end of each conversation, um, I have a chart with their little pictures, mm-hmm. and I cross them off um, as I go. So I'm not necessarily grading them every single day. Mm-hmm. Like my student, Sally, might have participated a ton one day, skipped a day, the next day. But my standard base grading says she is grading and analyzing at at least grade level. Right, right, right. So reading and analyzing it, yeah. I don't need to score each of my 40 kids every, every single, single day, day yeah. to know that they've met that standard. So I have the whole class discussion. I'm very aware of who's talking to me, 
But even in the, that initial small group discussion, I'm not sitting down, you know, having my coffee. I'm, I am having my coffee, but I'm walking around to each of these different groups going, oh, what are you guys talking about? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. you know. And so even if the student isn't participating in the whole class discussion, I've already talked to them. I get to talk to every single kid, every single class mm. group. That's great. Which also yeah. is different. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we, and, and I'm also assuming since you're teaching ELA, you're all, you're not, you said that you do this every day, but are they, are the students also like choosing other books to read? Are you doing like writing projects and other things in your class or is this primarily a literature class? Well, so I am on a block schedule. I get two hours mm -hmm. every other day. So this takes up about 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's 15 minutes for the small group and small group discussion and to get the TQEs on the board. Mm -hmm. Then it's about another half hour or so um, of the whole class discussion. We take a little break, and now we're off and running with something else. Mm -hmm. um, so I do, I do get that time, and every time we're reading a book, that's our typical start to the day. Okay. Yeah. And so there are other periods during the year when you're not doing a whole class novel and you're just doing other things, but this is how you teach a whole class novel. Correct. Got it. Got it. Um, okay, so we talked ahead of time and I asked you if you would put together a list of, of do's and don'ts. If teachers are listening to this and they want to get started, uh, why don't you share some some tips basically for implementing this? Uh, okay, well, do's, right? Mm -hmm. I would, I guess I want teachers to know, I want you to know, teachers, that you've probably tried something pretty similar. Either you've had students create study questions you know, get together with your group, come up with a question. Yeah. You've probably tried something like this or a reflection on an exit ticket or I want you to reflect on this novel. You've, you've done these things, but this is just a lot more and a lot more consistent. Um, so I would say I want you to feel really comfortable with it, even though it might, you know, have some growing pains in the very beginning. There might be some hiccups. Mm -hmm. um, I would read the Grant Wiggins article okay and that is included in the blog post i believe mm -hmm. um and if not i will do that <laughs> and i'll make sure that people listening have a link to your blog post so they can find all this stuff too thank yeah, you sure. um i would for questions make sure it's lingering questions something that the group could not answer mm -hmm. um and make sure especially if it's a novel use that author's name as often as you can and that will shift the conversation from being plot-based to being much more analytical. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. When you start seeing your students kind of get a little bored with the routine, there are so many ways to switch it up. Have, the, have a student get up and lead the conversation for the whole class or, you know, have the class vote on, we only want to talk about these three things, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> there's lots of ways. There's so many different ways to do it, but you have these beautiful questions up there yeah for them to play with yeah it seems like a big key is is having those stems to start with and, and really teaching them the sort of the language of of how to how to do this yeah I think so and then I do think that if you if you've got one up there that is not quite at the quality that you need it's a lot easier to kind of not pick at it but have the students fix it a little bit because it didn't come from a single student. It came from a group of students, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it should be a little bit easier to go ahead and say, you know, this one isn't quite there yet. What would you do mm -hmm. to make this one you know, a little bit more elevated so we can have a nice conversation about it? Um, 
I, I would head that route instead of, you know, this is not what we want. Mm, right, right, right. Try to elevate it. I like that word too. Elevating it is, it's nice. It's optimistic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. Um, I'm also seeing on, on this list, try no other homework. I mean, if you think about how long it takes you to read that section, they're reading probably at a slower pace. Yeah. And then now you've, well, you may have eliminated, hopefully, please, those study questions. Mm -hmm. And that's great. But if you add more homework, chances are the reading is going to be pushed, you know, to be lower on the totem pole right. of priorities. Right. So if you really want them to read and analyze, I mean, just think of how many skills are going on. You've got critical thinking skills, collaboration, um, analysis, reading at grade level, writing, all of these different skills are going into it. It's, it's chock full. So get rid of the other homework while you're working on this yeah. and let this be the, the main focus. And what about, what about students who show up not having done the reading? Yeah, I don't have the most beautiful, <laughs> I almost don't want to admit it. I, I don't have the most beautiful solution. It does work and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy with it. But when students come in, I ask them to, hey, if you need to go outside to read, I need you to head out in the hall and read. And usually they think there's going to be some sort of a punishment yeah, um, because they've been trained, right? right? They've been trained to think there's a punishment. And I just say, no, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's not, but whatever. <laughs> it, head outside, read. We're going to discuss for a good 15 minutes before we even get the TQEs, you know, started. Right. So go read. And when you're done, come in and you'll catch some yeah. of the class discussion. As soon as they realize that they're not going to be privy to the class discussion mm -hmm. and how useful it is, especially when we start heading toward an essay, to have had those discussions, yeah, that group that goes outside is smaller and smaller. Usually it ends up being the same four or five students. Yeah. And now you get to have that conversation. You know, um, so I offer things like, hey, if you're in a sport, I'm high school, right? So mm -hmm. if you have a job, if you have a sport, why not get the audio book yeah. and listen to it or read along to it? That's usually my rule. Do the audiobook, read along to it. At least you know before you start, look, it's only 20 minutes. It says right there, 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so that's been a solution. I've only, I think last year, I only had to call home and really discuss with the parent twice. Wow, that's awesome. You know? yeah. yeah. And, you know, you one of the things you said, I want to just run back to it for a second, because you said especially if all of this is leading to an essay. And so it, are there usually sometimes or always at the end of reading these books, is there a, a writing assignment also? Yeah, I'm big into writing. Okay. But I think that if you, if you jump to, Hey, let's analyze through writing. Mm -hmm. That's so difficult for a student mm -hmm. who's just still trying to figure out how to embed quotes, mm -hmm. how to get some differentiation between the body paragraphs. And now they're supposed to be able to write why Steinbeck had the character blob, you know, it's so difficult. My approach is let's practice the analysis. Let's get the thought process to the quality that we need it to be. Yeah. Great. Now let's apply that yeah. into writing instead of verbal. Yeah. Oh, that's great too, because then they've already had so many of these conversations and it's and they've got the vocabulary for it and everything. And it's just a, yeah, right. no, that, I love that. Okay. So you also had some don'ts listed for 
for implementing the TQE process? Yeah, I, we started to realize that um, students would have these conversations and have an epiphany. And so they would quick run up there at a minute and a half. And I'm a little sarcastic and, you know, oh my gosh, you already had the best epiphany from all six of you in a minute and a half. That's amazing. I can't wait to see it. You know, and they're, oh, yeah, sit down, have a conversation. If it's still the best thing that came out of the conversation, awesome. I can't wait to hear it, but sit down. Right. You know, they're just trying to, they're trying to complete. Yeah. You know, just like they do with their homework. So uh, to me, you can't get up to that board until at least eight minutes. Okay. You know, everyone should have a chance to speak. So uh, I would keep them there and having those conversations. Um, I would only really settle for kind of those lesser TQEs Mm -hmm. for the first week or so. Because at that point, we, we have already edited some on the board. We've had those discussions. I've you know, said Steinbeck, Steinbeck, Steinbeck. (laughs) We've done those things. So if you want the quality where you want it, okay, it's a new process, give them a week, but we have some expectations here. We, we have some real learning to do. So I need these to be at a level that I know you can do, you know, so I wouldn't settle there. Um, there will be hiccups, so don't give up. Uh, the more practice they get, the better. If you're on a regular class schedule, I would really recommend you know, a 50 minute period. If you're on a 50 minute period, I would recommend at least once a week, if not twice a week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all the skills you want. Right. So I would recommend that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't punish the kids who go outside. If anything, I actually compliment them for having integrity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, thanks so much. I'm sure that there was a reason why you couldn't get to it. Thank you so much for having integrity. And just going and doing that, because I know it takes a lot to stand up. Right. And then a couple more kids will stand up when they see that. So um, I don't don't punish them when they go outside. Okay. All right. That's a a really good point to make then. So just to wrap up before we, you know, end this, what are some of the most positive outcomes you've seen uh, since making this change? Well, the best is that the kids are reading and liking it right? Mm -hmm. That would be the best one. Um, A lot more participation and that leads to so much more confidence. Mm. You know, usually the kids are uh, passive and now I see them really kind of coming out of their shells. Yeah. And that's really fun, especially by the end of the year. They are uh, very, very comfortable and doing an awesome job with their analysis. I love when a student will come up with an idea that I've never thought of. You know, I've read the book 30 times. Yeah, yeah. And I've never paid attention to this one part. That's amazing, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, so it's super fun. I, I also like that they start to see me as, I guess, a like a team member, a mentor. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll tell me, you know, but you're the expert. How do you not know this? And I'm like, I didn't write the thing. I just read it, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. And there's not really somebody for me to ask cause they're, you know, not with us anymore, but those kinds of things. And then every once in a while, you, you know, this, every teacher gets this, but you'll have a student who says something that's not about a novel, you know, mm. or email. I got an email this summer from a student who said, hey, I just saw this play and I found myself analyzing the props and I guess the characters change shoes to represent different um, groups, demographics. 
And he thought, I thought it was really interesting that they decided to, you know, change the shoes and what is that? It seems wow. like To Kill a Mockingbird. And then I liked that they, you know, they only dealt with one demographic and then another demographic instead of mixing them up. And I thought that was really interesting. So, I mean, I've got this kid analyzing a play and then emailing his English teacher about it. Yeah, that? <laughs> that's fantastic. You know, yes. just on their own time. Yeah. Um, th- things like that. I had a, uh, we went on a field trip. This was also my first year of field trips. And we went to the Museum of Tolerance in LA. Mm-hmm. And we got back and we were reflecting on it because it was a very emotional day. Yeah. And one of my students said, you know what I really loved was the structure of the museum. And I was like, what? It's like, yeah, you, you start in the beginning and you spiral down because it's a spiral yeah. walkway. You spiral down into darkness and it's super claustrophobic and it's, you know, the lighting is this. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, okay, you're analyzing the structure of the building wow. and how that connects to the theme. And he's like, and then once you do that, you spiral back out of it into the light. Wow. You know, that there's hope that there's possibility. Yeah. I'm like, okay, thank you. You yeah, fifteen-year-old. Yeah, that's great. Well, and that's you know? the th- gosh. If, if any museum people are listening to this, they're probably jumping up and down because I, I do. I, one of the best things I've ever read was this piece about how they designed the nine eleven museum in New York City and all the thinking oh, wow. that went into that, and it was just so so interesting. And I, I think a lot of that stuff, especially nowadays, is not accidental. I think that kid picked up on something that was intentional. Yeah, and I, I think I loved first of all that he was thinking that way yeah. and second that he was willing to share it with the class so yeah. i i kind of i excused him from writing the essay on the novel because mm-hmm. we read the book thief mm-hmm. i said why don't you write an essay about the museum wow man that is a cool I mean, it's assignment the same, it's the same skills yes right? exactly so, yep and you'll get literary analysis i promise we'll do that why don't you write about that yeah you know <sighs> so i love that. yeah it's super fun yeah super yeah fun. So uh, I'm going to be linking people to uh, the article on your blog, and we'll make sure that they, you know, have have good access to that. So um, if they want to find you, if people want to find you online, where can they find you? So my blog is unlimitedteacher.com, mm-hmm. and I use the same hashtag, hashtag unlimitedteacher, mm-hmm. um, and then my Twitter. Handle? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? I think so. I'm new to this whole Twitter <laughs> world. My Twitter handle is uh, Marissa E. Thompson. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there are more than one Marissa Thompsons. And it's just one S in Marissa. Yes. There's one of everything but the A's. Um, I would love to connect. I, I have so much fun discussing this stuff. That's why I'm presenting. That's why I'm PD instructor. That's why I do that. Um, I would love to answer questions and help out any way I can. But my blog is really about what we were saying in the beginning where we have these conversations about what we should do or what schools should be. Um, and then my blog is really about helping teachers with the how-to. Yeah. What, I, what I'm seeing working. Yeah. And they, people who go to your blog need to also see your screens. Yeah. Your collaboration yeah, screens. Yeah, it's been fun. We, um, we got an entire restaurant's worth of furniture. Wow. No joke. A, a restaurant had gone out of business. Yeah. And when they said that, um, when they saw that we were trying to redo our classroom, they dropped the price to a ridiculous, you know, cost for us. And then we were able to bring in some TVs. And it sounds so backwards to have an ELA classroom have a whole bunch of screens. No, I love the way you have that set up, though. It's awesome. Yeah. It's doing such great things yeah. for us. Yeah. Thank you so much, Marissa. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about this. 
Thank you so much for contacting me. I sure hope everybody found it helpful. I think they will. I think we're going to hear from a lot of teachers now about them trying out this TQE process, and that should make English class just a lot more enjoyable this coming year for people. For everybody. Yeah, yep, yep. For links to all the resources mentioned in this episode, visit cultofpedagogy.com, click podcast, and choose episode 103. To get a weekly email from me about my newest blog posts, podcast episodes, and products, sign up for my mailing list at cultofpedagogy.com slash subscribe. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.